Anyway, yeah, I'm not, I'm not weirdo, right? So well, <laughs> that's is... too, too late for that because everyone thinks differently. Ah, uh, well, yeah. So, uh, yeah, from the bald spot onwards. Anyway, uh, this is the Immaterial Gamers podcast. My name is Ryan. I am one of the guides through the deep, dark, meme-infested skank hole that is the internet. And uh, this is uh, this is Darius. Hello, everyone. That's me. There we go. Uh, I was going to mention the fact that it was like six months of podcasts before introducing you, but now nah, went the other way. But yeah, episode 26 out of 52 that constitutes a year worth of podcasts. Yeah. That's kind of halfway through, so yeah, it's, it's looking yeah. good, isn't it? Yeah. It shows that uh, it shows that we can do something regular pretty yes. much it is. once a week for six months. Um, but let's see, we can just keep that keep that going even further. Uh, so, uh, yeah. What a, what a week. It's been cold. We've had rain snow. Is. Yeah, we've had snow, ice, rain, wind. A bit of sn- sun as well. Yeah, bizarrely. That was a weird, <laughs> weird day going out of work at, like, on a Friday and it being a very balmy 9 degrees Celsius, which is, you know, for, for January. For January, so that's quite hot. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it, was, it was great. I was getting getting a lift into my workplace with, with Matt. And uh, we were looking at the weather on my phone, and it claimed it was a, and uh, I can't believe I'm saying this, it was a wintry mix, because it was hail, rain, ice, snow, all in the same day. (laughs) But, yeah, please buy new wintry mix. It contains mint imperials, bonbons, and Tic Tacs. (laughs) Please, please buy now. Um, Original concept, don't steal. Uh, So, uh, yeah. What's the what's the better way of uh, moving on other than two minutes of stalling, then moving on to the section that we like to call uh, what's been played. Dum 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 dum. So we go for. Wait, I think we seriously need to look into some you know some tracks to to the podcast. Yeah, well, until then you get my weird pause stretched echoey voice that's slightly pitched up a little bit to um to, to go through the section so yeah that'll have already been done beforehand uh so darius you've got the floor sir what have you been playing i've got the floor right so dear people listeners to our podcast yeah uh i've been playing strange game called mutant year zero i think i know something Ro- about this road to eden mm. it's involving like weird pig people uh, well, you basically... Uh, I'm not entirely sure sure who you're controlling. Mm. <laughs> uh, but long story short, uh, slight spoiler alert. Okay. Uh, warning, warning, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. So, Please mute your mic until you hear the words, no spoiler alert. Sorry. So, <laughs> um, ideally the Earth was destroyed by the atomic bombs, etc. We couldn't fucking do. We couldn't. We couldn't get through a few years without blowing the thing up. And the thing is, uh, yeah, animals, uh, humans mutated, mm. mainly animals. Uh, okay. And right now they are able to carry uh, shotguns, laser light rifles, etc. And they are able to speak to us. Ah, cool. So I've not played much of it, um, but it have a really nice. Um, XCOM tactic to it. Yeah. However, I'm finding it ten times harder. <laughs> wow. So, so on on Iron Man to kill me now. Mutant Year Zero is on the upper portion of that scale. Then, yeah. Yes. Mm. It's 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 really hard. Um, base in the game you have literally like um, it's like kind of weird um, real time and turn based game basically. Right, okay. Because uh, you can move around freely around the map. Uh, and if you are not spotted by the enemies, you just keep moving, isn't it? So you can mm. you can try to sneak by, you know, around the enemies. You don't have to go, you know, full blast. Go literally through them. You can go around. Mm. Which I found it nice. Also, you, what you can do, you can split your party. So you can control every one of them separately. Okay. 
which gives you a good tactic opportunity for, for trying to make an ambush or something. Mm. Or if you have that really wa- that the one really powerful guy trying to ambush just him before you start dealing with everybody else. Okay, so trying to take out the big threat. Yes. Well, I find that the most the more uh, that gives you the biggest advent advantage on the field because mo- mm-hmm. some of them can call for backups. So every let's say three turns, three new enemies coming to the battlefield. Okay. And you are like, what the hell? Not these guys again. I've just killed you. Uh, but yeah, it looks. Uh, I've not played, as I said, I've not played much of it. It does have a nice feel to it. Mm. Uh, I'm kind of a fan of XCOM games. Yeah. No, I know you and Steve is a big fan of XCOM. So I will definitely be definitely will be playing that. Okay. For another well, for many hours. I depends, you know. Depend depend how frustrated I will get with the whole hard gameplay modes on it. I mean, I'm mm. not playing on hard. I'm playing on easy, but still I'm getting my ass kicked. Yeah, well, I'll I'll, I'll say it right now. I'm I, I play XCOM on easy and don't succeed very well. But then again, I apparently don't have a great strategic mind. I'm more of a shoot first, plan later kind of person. Mm, kind of thing goes here, but with the XCOM, you're getting the benefit of after after several hours into the game, when you have like medium medium sized weapon weapon, mm. then then the game getting you know uh, sometimes even drastically easy. Yeah. So until that point. Until that point, yes, you you're struggling a little bit with the XCOM. Mm. But this is that's kind of what I like about these two games when the victory is not guaranteed. Uh, you can always, you know, fail. Yeah. But when in the XCOM, when you fail, you fail. You can you still carry on the story mission. You know the campaign. In this mm. game, in Mutant, when your squad is dead, is dead. You have to reload. Aww. You have to reload the checkpoint, <laughs> and do the same thing basically again. Yeah. So this is yeah something something nice something new for me to play this this week, and I still have plenty of games which I started but never finished, because <laughs> uh, I think I'm 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 getting bored with them too quickly at this point. Ah. So I still I still have to finish Red Dead Redemption too. And I bet you still have to finish Vampire as well, don't you? Yes. So that <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll I'll say that I would definitely finish the Vampire before one or one year anniversary. Ah, sweet. So I uh, look forward <laughs> to August's fifty-second week podcast, um, where we where we then discuss uh, we do a postmortem on Vampire. Mind the pun. Um, yeah, that, yeah, that sounds like a deal. <laughs> Episode fifty-two. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll the, get the, the, the day when Darius completed the vampire. Holding it to you now. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> uh, fair enough. Uh, well, I guess I'll, I'll I'll move on to myself. And uh, other than the Sword Art Online and WoW and Destiny Two that we've been playing, uh-huh. uh, over the weekend I decided to. Well, I walked I walked past Martin's computer. Mine, my flatmate, one of the other members of the site, and he was installing Star Trek Online again, uh, the the middling Star Trek-based MMO with quite cool space combat and quite poor ground combat. Mm-hmm. Um, that was that was owned by Cryptic until Cryptic went and pulled a Cryptic and just kept like half-assing half-hearting all their MMOs until they all got picked up and bought by Perfect World Entertainment and their ARC service. And now that's why you've got you know a much better version of Neverwinter. Um, Torchlight Frontiers will be coming out soon, which will be a good one. And mm, I'm looking forward to that. I ooh, it's, it's an interesting concept. Yeah, uh, Torchlight was always interesting concept. Yeah, yeah. I did, I did like that. Um, I mean... Torchlight, for anyone who didn't know, is, a, is an action RPG for, um, formed by a company called... Oh, I've forgotten the name of the company. They, but they were, ex, they were ex-Blizzard developers. Yes, they like are. Relic, they are Relic or Mythic or something like that. But uh, yeah, ex-Diablo um, creators all teamed up to make a Diablo-like... It's Running Games. Sorry? The studio is called Running Games. That's the one. 
<laughs> yeah, well, as, but, uh, as you said, they are like basically people from quite a few different studios, isn't it? Yeah. And but uh, they literally put together a nice game. Yeah. So if it it kind of had the same sort of flow as a, as a sort of Diablo game would. So you know, walking around easily, quick skills, easy to learn, hard to master in terms of build types for characters. But they they had a couple of like different bits in it. So not only did you level up your character, but you also gained reputation across the world, which would also help increase stat points that you could customize. It was a little bit deeper in the terms of the customization. But the main feature they did have. Uh, is that your character would always, every time you create a character, you would have a pet that you could create as well. Yes. And that pet could help you in combat if you, in well, especially in Torchlight 2, I believe, um, you could feed it fish, and it would change into different creatures and, and help you out in combat. But the other thing it also did, to help keep you inside the dungeons that were in Torchlight, um, so for the first game it was just Ember, the, the village of Ember or something like that, it was just a you know, just a dungeon that kept going. Oh yeah, in no oh, sorry, the town was torchlight. <laughs> I just figured it out. Um, yeah, there was a dungeon in torchlight, and then in torchlight two, it was just a wide open world. But the way that you could keep it, um, keep you fighting in the world, is that you could transfer your items that you collected on the field to your pet, and you could tell the pet to go to town. It would disappear for a couple of minutes at a time, depending on how far down the dungeon you were. You could carry on fighting, and they would come back and give you money. And it was it was it was just great. So you could sell everything you didn't want to your pet and come back. It helped uh, in terms of the gameplay loop and trying to keep you fighting. Yeah. And then you could just keep going until you headed back to town with the money that the pet made, so you could upgrade. Actually, did. Um, so they've got they they've got a game called Frontiers coming out, which is going to be in sort of what's going to be Torchlight in um, in an MMO setting. So looking forward to that. But the other thing that they've they've done is they've kept Star Trek online going and what better way to try and get people back into Star Trek online than with cross promotion mm. the CBS and Netflix series Star Trek Discovery yeah so they've um had a, they've got a new expansion out on there called uh, Star Trek Online Mirror of Discovery um so it added a couple of things so it added the age of the of discovery so you could normally play as like Federation characters or Klingons, just as you normally would in Star Trek. Yeah, nice bunch of people or Klingons. Um, the idea at the time that the Federation was a more PVE cooperative experience, and the Klingons were more a PVP focused. They then added new Romulans, or um, which is kind of a tie into the Star Trek reboot films. Um, and since they've added the Dominion, which is a high-level take on the world take on the galaxy sort of approach and now the age of discovery uh, based on the uh, based on the hit tv show star trek discovery so say that's something that i might that's for me maybe a reason uh, to play star trek online mm. because i never was and still i'm not a big fan of star trek you know on the early days however i mm. do watch the new movies yeah, uh, and I did watch the TV series, mm -hmm. the 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 Discovery. Yeah, uh, and I quite like it. Yeah, and I mean, and no, uh, the question that could be asked for those who do keep an eye on Star Trek is, Ryan, hold on, you can play as characters from the Age of Discovery from from this Discovery TV series. How? Because Star Trek, uh, Star Trek Online, set about three hundred fucking years after Discovery. Well, simply enough, time Paul. Yay. Uh, effectively, that's what's happened. So you do an opening, an opening set of missions to get you used to how the space and ground combat works in the game, and then an event happens where you literally get blasted into the future, red versus blue style. <laughs> you know, we were uh, a bomb happened, and anyone who was caught in the front of the blast went into the future. No, so I'm not joking. So you work for the. So your character at that point works for the Temporal Agency, and there's going to be some Star Trek Discovery-specific missions in the future. But at that point, you then play the normal the normal sort of campaign. And you had something to, to say for a second there? Oh, um, no, that sounds a little bit like, uh, I think, like a bad approach, to be honest. If they're just throwing a single, like, a side mission to it, I would prefer, like, you know, a full set of campaign in that, you know... 
Yeah, no, I, I, I know where, you, I know where you're coming from on that. Um, like I say, there's nothing that stops that from happening because that came, what came out with Age of Discovery was a, a discovery campaign, or at least the first two missions of a discovery campaign, as mm-hmm. well as the main Star Trek Online. So you, you're fighting, you know, one, of the, you, you've watched Discovery. One of the big components of it was the fact that the Mirror Universe is a lot more prominent in Discovery than it really has been in Star Trek. Yeah. So, um, like, the very first mission is you're facing a Mirror Universe version of uh, Tilly from Discovery. Oh. Or as, or, as, or as they call her in the Mirror Universe version, Killy. <laughs> so, so yeah, you're, you're, you're taking on um, her and her ISS Discovery, as opposed to the USS Discovery, that you don't actually ever see um, in... The, sh- the show, you basically they managed to get Tilly as a voice actress, and that's it. Oh, that's bad. I mean, not bad. I mean, like, kind of disappointed. I know it will cost them a lot of money, probably, but yeah. But you know, all all things in, in good time. Star Trek Online initially had Len- Leonard Nimoy, so you know, they can do it. But yeah. Anyway, um, space combat is still the same as it was over Star Trek Online. Very nice, sort of. You know, you're not. It's this is not th- a freelancer. It's not the X Games. It's not. You know, it's not Ace Combat or anything like that. The ships that you're wielding in Star Trek act like their counterparts. They're they're not nimble fighters. They're giant vessels. Mm. They're ships in space. They're spaceships. You know. There's a, there's a reason why, like in space, the same ranking is the same as a navy. You know, long, cumbersome things, broadside and attacks and stuff like that. But the space combat works. It's good. It's like a pirate ship game, but in space, it's great. I enjoy that. Ground combat is still god awful. Sorry, there's not not anything great really about tapping one, one, one. Oh, two's off cooldown. Two, one, one. And then this is coming from a person who plays World of Warcraft who can basically do his rotation of, of attacks with his warrior in about five key presses. But you can at least walk around and do stuff like that. Yeah, I, d- I don't like the ground combat in the game. It's never, never been really its strong point. But if I would recommend, I would recommend the game on its space combat. And you can kind of avoid ground other than story missions quite often enough. But uh, yeah. I might see how the Age of Discovery goes for another week. See how see how it works. How how badly it's PVP. Um, again, it depends if you're playing ground or space. PVP is actually quite cool. Because I I would hate just you know start the game, just lay off one of the planets, and be mm. blast to pieces every now and then. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, like I said, the 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 way that the Klingons and Federation interact is that the PvP is kind of kept separate from the PvE. So you wouldn't have to worry about going in trying to do Federation quests and just getting caught by Klingon players over and over. Hmm. They're, they're separate. There's, there's PvP games, there's, PV, there's, there's PvE queues, and the PvP queues and the game portion for the Klingon side. Right, so there is no, like, so another player from Federation would be not able to shoot me down? No. Oh, that's good. Because as 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 the Federation, you are all working together, and okay. a lot of the like I say a lot of the PVE combat or content comes as a Federation or a Romulan character if you've chosen Federation. PVP is sort of a Klingon thing. You choose a Klingon, you're out there to sort of pirate against a yeah. lot of time other Klingons, um, or taking part in PVP with people. They do have their own little story missions over again, but it's more PVP focused. And with the fact that they've got different ships to Federation stuff, combat mixes quite well in terms of what sort of attacks you can do with each other. But um, yeah, other than other than that, I'd say it's a you know it's enjoyable. It's it's held up just. Mm. And yeah, that was actually one of the successes of. It used to be a subscription-based service and failed poorly. And you know, usually when you go down to free-to-play, you've got a choice, and it's either going to live or. The the free to play was just a way of just getting, you know, a few more coins out of people yeah, before it shorted. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, that's uh, that's Star Trek Online. That's the main, the main bit, the the main game that I've played. So uh, that's that's the games done. 
So let's move on to news time. The news. The news, news time. And uh, as we as we go on this, we can say, fourteen days without a bad Bethesda story. We can we we we're now in double digits. Um, yeah, I think so. I've not heard yeah. anything completely bad about it. No, no, um, nothing, nothing, nothing happened. major, because uh, Bethesda took you know offline approach. Yeah, they yeah they took the yeah they yeah, they don't they don't cause any more shit approach. But um, what we will do is we'll move on to um, someone taking the mantle of of poor news before games even come out, and we will give that to EA. Hello, EA. Good old EA. Why 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 I'm not surprised. It's EA. Why I'm not surprised. Yeah, it's it's just not. Anything can happen. I mean, especially as I'm cautiously optimistic about Anthem. Cautiously yeah. optimistic. Uh, I lost some of that optimism over the weekend. I didn't even play it. But yeah, so this is the news uh, picked up from Eurogamer that uh, <laughs> that Anthem had a, their VIP demo event. Basically, yeah. your You've pre-ordered the game, you fool. Please join our demo. Because you've bought the game, you can see how the game's played. You know, forget the the people who want to know if the game's any good and play the demo. No, no, no. Buy in first. It is just idiotic. That's 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 a rant for a whole other time, though. Um, <laughs> so so yeah, they had this VIP demo event. So very important people. So anyone who was on the premium version of EA's origin, or who had pre-ordered the game. So in other words, so in other words, if you were willing to spend eighty quid, I think it was eighty quid, you could play it. Um, pretty much. Yeah, you could play a demo, but you couldn't because Saturday came along or Friday, Saturday, something like that, came along. People started playing. No, you can't. Couldn't. I will not let you log into the game. Yep, the servers went down. <laughs> so a time-limited demo, the servers went down. How um, classic, eh? How classic. Oh, EA. EA, never change. No, no, please change, but never change. some point, I could say it's it it could be a marketing thing. I... However, not with EA, not, not again. No, no, I'm too cynical these days for that to to even be a thing. This is some clever market employed to get people in. So if we tell people that our servers are poor and we need to increase the servers, that shows, you know, that that shows people will want to play the game and not that they'll turn away of, oh look, it's another game that EA haven't got their shit together. I it's just and it's annoying. Well, but to be honest, that's not the worst bit. If you are oh. if you are not able to log in to to play Anthem, yeah. That other yeah. bit with this news is miles worse. Yeah. So the servers were so bad that they that other EA games started to experience issues, like like Star Wars Battlefront. However, many people are playing that these days. Battlefield Five and FIFA. FIFA. A game about mech suits and their server issues were affecting a game about controlling footballers because you yourself are not a good footballer. I used to play FIFA. I wasn't good at football. I wasn't really good at FIFA either. Yeah, there's 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 my uh you know, my attitude for it, but yeah. When when now your server capacity affects other games on your network That means you you you're seriously doing something wrong. Yeah. Yeah, just a little. Because okay, I, I I get it. Probably what they have, they have separate servers for each game on its own. However, uh, the login um, authorization is going through one, mm. and that's yeah. might causing the trouble. Yeah. So yeah, so you're on the idea that it's bottlenecking on the authentication yes. origin side, and then yes. So still, still. Why would you construct this kind of infrastructure? Because mm. it's just calling from disaster from the beginning. Yeah. Because you will, you know that if you are a game publisher, you know that over the years you will be publishing more and more games, right? More and more people will want to play it. Mm. So why you don't split it into some sort of, let's say, 
uh, have the casual server for those games, have the uh, premium, pre let's call it premium server for all the shooters, and then have the sports server. Mm. You, you know, I mean, yeah. the authorization servers. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, it is. It is possible. It is achievable. It doesn't have to cost the fortune. Mm. Yeah. It just yeah. has to be. You have to just be be smart. Yeah. Don't be EA. Don't be EA. That's how you. That's how, that's how you smart. Or um, if you are EA, change the way you're thinking. Yeah. True. But um. Yeah. I mean, we're recording this on the twenty seventh of uh, January. So this is two days after the VIP demo launched. I yeah. don't know how. I don't know how bad the servers are now, or whether they've managed to, to fix themselves. I... But that was your VIP demo. And take into account at this point that the game comes out in less than four weeks. It's three weeks, actually, isn't it? Three, three, three weeks, weeks on Thursday, or three weeks on Friday, or something yeah. like that. So I believe the 22nd of February is the, the full launch for everyone. We know there's going to be some bullshit early launch. As always. For, you know, for, for people who... Who 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 will be more than happy to keep giving EA the second chance? I yeah, I'm just not on the pre-orders. I've been burnt. I did one pre-order and I got burnt on it. I did, I'm, not, I'm not doing I've, that again. <laughs> I've done few pre-orders in the past few years, but literally mm. like a handful. So first of all, I've pre-ordered um, the Witcher free game that was years ago, only yeah. because I wanted the collector's editions. Mm-hmm. And I knew the game would be at least okay to play. So I've done mm. that. Uh, also, I've pre-ordered the first Destiny. Yeah. But, yeah, it's just... And to be honest, I'm not entirely sure what else I've pre-ordered. Because mm. the early access, there are not pre-orders. No, early access is a different sort of thing. But again, that has its own... I mean, we've discussed that in podcasts previous. E early access do have their own pitfalls that you got to watch out for same with kickstarters and you know and, yeah. and stuff like that well uh, on that kind of note i have a question for you okay uh, wow hold on am i getting hit with a spot call question <laughs> uh, wow. because because we are you know on that um, ea origin access premium stuff right now um, well so what we are looking at is like a it's not subscription-based game, but it's subscription-based service to provide you the games. Mm -hmm. yeah. Do you think that will be the future for years to come? It's it's possible. I mean, especially as we're heading towards the especially as we're heading towards the the next console generation. Um, you know, this, this sort of idea of of well, at this point, it's consoles as a service. I suppose I mean it's even worse than. I guess at that point you'd be thinking it's even worse than games as a service. You know, a bit like 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 what what Ubisoft does. So like we're we're basically buying where we would normally have bought a game, which was just a you know a self-contained entertainment experience. Mm -hmm. Look at me using the large words. Um, you know, we the disc just accesses you to this subscription-based service and. Oh, we'll give this this a very quick one. It wasn't actually part of the news. I would be a bit concerned. This goes to my answer. I would be a bit concerned about sub, um, subscription-based services. So I was not actually owning any games, and we are just paying monthly for access to them games. I say this because of the very brief news that the Wii Shop is closing down, uh, and basically any games that you would have tried to access from said shop would not be purchasable anymore. Yes. I know that's slightly different to to Origin Access, but the risks are still the same. If a company decides at that point they just want to shut down, you've got nothing. Yeah, besides, if you take into account how badly they're yeah. doing recently. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. not not not, I mean, not 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 entirely, not maybe not financially. I mean, like you know, PR mainly. Mm. But yeah. I mean, at some point, they might run out of the trust from people. And if that yeah. happens, the money will stop. And if yeah, that, they'll just, if take, that they'll stop, just take their ball and go If on. that stop, the end customer will not be able to play his games. Yeah. Which he, in the span of, let's say, five years, he spent like £500 for the subscription-based... Um, yeah. Uh, and, and what's... Um, yeah, he, so he, don't, he don't even own the game. He will be not be able to play it ever again because the servers are shut down. Yeah, 
He's got some save games. Yeah. Memories. That is basically like renting a camera. Mm. And then not having, you know, not having the photos afterwards. Yeah, well, exactly. Well, there go their memories. So, yeah, I do have a risk. That being said, I do think it's the that's the future that they're going for. Yes. And, and well, as far as I can see the point of that kind of subscription-based why I'm saying subscription-based games? They are not subscription-based games. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's a subscription-based, subscription-based service isn't for it? games. Yeah. Um, yes, it will be. It will be. It will be um, li- liability for owning the actual game, basically, because mm. you don't. Yeah. Uh, but no, on the other hand, you've been renting the games. Yes, but on the other hand, it might turn out a little bit cheaper. It's possible. Because right now, okay, the basic version on Anthem is let's say forty-five quid. Mm. Uh, they give uh, the Battlefield Five is another let's say forty quid. So that's already eighty quid, which you can pay for yearly subscription. Mm. But then technically, you're not owning those games. No, no. And you've got the access, and that's that's it. And that that goes into sort of other, you know, that's you know, there's other stuff about conduct and stuff that you could have on there. Mm. You know, there's going to be the, the risks. I mean, that being said, I always go down to the things. I have downloaded digital games. It's the sign of the times. There's no, there's no other choice half the time. Like take into account the PC market, you're not going to get many physical copies of games these days. No. Um, Console-wise, they're still going. They're still going on that point. If there is a game that I like enough to get physical I'll get it physical and that way you know that I keep hold of it I'm not a like I'm not a trading person if I get something yeah. I'm getting it with the, the, still, the sort of the knowledge that you know that I want it and I want to keep it I still I still do prefer a physical copies of of the games than actual you know don't want it, it digitally mm. it's just I'm possessive <laughs> yeah uh, but yeah the new console generation will probably be a bit you know that'll probably change that, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I mean, we as a consumer, well, we vote. We vote with our money. I think that the worst part of it is that even you buying the games digital, digitally, digitally, uh, yeah. you're paying sometimes even more than you buying the physical copy. Mm. That's mine. The biggest issue at the moment. Yeah, I mean, we we've discussed that as well. I mean, there should I know, be nothing. I know, that I know, I know but see that the problems keep keep coming back, isn't it? Yeah. So, because yeah. you're not producing the disc, you're not producing the box for it. That should already save you a few quid. But at that point, they're saying server architecture is more expensive than a production line. And yes. That's, that's is, that. I'm not in any way condoning what they're saying. That's me. Me personally, I don't see how that could possibly work. But. Back to the news. You know, yeah. Anyway, yeah. While we're while we're talking about uh, console generations, um, this one game from Stefan from um, the Suns Dream Team FC. It's a fantasy football competition and football-related website. However, for some reason, they do gaming news. Um, I have before checking this news out, though. I have checked other sites, and it's verified. The company Slightly Mad Studios, they make the Project Cars series of games. Hyper simulation race games. I mean hyper simulation race games. I cannot play those games. They are really hard. I don't know about the inner workings of a car. If I did, I would have a car. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know your brake bias from your news bias. Um, but... Yeah. Well, so they, they, they make for, them. Technically, for those games, you will need steering wheel. I yeah. Otherwise, yeah. they are awful, awful to play. That is a yeah, that's a point. Um, I had I had but, the chance to play the Project Cars games uh, on well, actually, free free controlling devices. So I had the possibility to play on the mouse and keyboard. Mm. Uh, on the controller and on the steering and wheel. On the wheel. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, and I, and I guess at that point, yeah, the the wheel would make the the most sense because it's that's how it's sort of designed. If you're looking at a simulation, you want to simulate that way. But yeah, by the by, <laughs> they they are good games. They are just very 
hard to hard <laughs> learn to master. Well, hard yeah. to learn well, or hard to master. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, but yeah, um, I saw this earlier on the week before Dream Team FC did this. Slightly mad by their studio name. Slightly mad by nature. Because they are thinking of bringing out their own console. Sounds interesting. Uh, yeah. It's called the Madbox. Well, according to Dream Team, it's uh, what they're uh, codenaming it, the Madbox. And, you know, with their current teasers of it, it would look very interesting. It does. But it's gonna, But it's going to look expensive. So it's a weird rhombus-shaped thing. Not unlike looking like a PS4, except it's got curvy edges that make it look like it's a like a car, um, and it's apparently going to have a touchscreen front and two pads that also have touchscreen dynamic interfaces mm-hmm. in concept. Um, so, like the idea is, one of the pictures shows the fact that it could look like the steering wheel, you know, sort of a dash interface on a racing car. You can see the gears. You can see a boost button, and it'll it'll light up the button that you're looking to press. It looks very very fancy, but would look to also be very 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 expensive. I mean, we look at take a classic PS4 or Xbox One controller at about fifty pounds, yeah. Yeah. Standard, and then customize it, and it's even more. And that's not even taking into account the Xbox One's Elite controller, which heads more to the region of eighty ninety pounds. Yeah. For a pad. I'm I'm holding a pad as I'm I'm saying this just as a, as an example. No one can see this. Why am I doing that? It's I guess it's uh, I guess it's sort of a sort of a way for me to try and explain the situation. But however, yeah, it looks very fancy, and it also at that point it could turn into a keyboard and everything's like that, and you can connect it with Bluetooth with your phone, and everything's great. But it looks like it's going to be expensive because you it need to like literally put um let's say LCD screen on the top of the controller. Yeah, yeah, so you've got an LCD on top of the controller, you then have an LCD screen on the front of the console as well. So, you know, it would look a bit weird. So that's that's looking on the pricey side, and that's without even getting into the, well, how the hell is anyone going to develop for this thing? Other than, you know, sort of exclusive games for this for this console that could be prohibitively expensive. Um, I would say what they're aiming for is they are PC games. I'm pretty sure they will be running Windows or Linux. With so you reckon it would just be sort of using the uh, what do they call the the interface for for Xbox? Just the Xbox Suite I think, or the, the Windows Suite isn't it? Or Metro I think is what it, what it was mm, called. Something like that, yes. So, so you reckon it'd be that? Um, I was watching um, a video on YouTube the other day mm. uh, about a console in China. Ah, the is it? Was it called the Fuse by any chance? I don't remember the name. I'm bad with those. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, it's just I just remember there was a story involving YouTube rapper Soldier Boy. Literally, what it was is you buy a console. Well, something mm-hmm. looking like a console. Uh, like yeah. let's say literally kind of similar to like um PlayStation Xbox console. You plug it yeah. in, you run in it, and what you have, because it's like early stage of development, Windows. Mm. Windows stands <laughs> welcomes you. Windows. Oh Jesus. So yes, yeah, so I, what I'm thinking of it's my day console might running Windows originally. I mean on the like mm. let's say originally, uh, on the back door and on top of it they will put a software, mm. so it will disable everything what it's not needed for the console to do. You don't need half of the Windows stuff anyway on the console. Yeah. So it will disable all of those processes which are not in the interest of the console, of the producers. And it will run like custom-made um, kind of OS on top of the Windows. Mm. I mean, it's possible. I mean, so I'm, you will I'm, not, I'm not. So you will not have the access to actual Windows. You will just have the access to that yeah. application. Let's call it. So that's that's right. what I, that's that's my theory about it. Yeah. What I have noticed with this is that this could be going with what Steph's been been stating for weeks has been happening, you know, and has been confirmed by everyone but the game developers, publishers, studios, companies themselves. 
of them going to digital consoles because you can probably see the pictures of this mad box. Mm-hmm. What's missing? Uh, the drive, I would say. Yeah. The physical drive. Yeah. So a digital only console. Mm. It could be the first. But uh, yeah. I, I mean, I just have to see how this goes. You mentioned Windows, by the way. Just a small, you know, the small fact for everyone. Remember that the Sega Dreamcast ran Windows CE. Okay. Just, just a, just a something there you can have in your trivia head. It ran Windows. It obviously didn't run it on the screen. I didn't get a blue screen of death when I was playing Sonic Adventure. But yeah, it ran CE. It ran CE. So uh, that's something to know. Anyway, we shall move on from weird console designs to oh look what Activision's in trouble with now what <laughs> uh, they're facing a class action lawsuit <laughs> oh that one yes yes from the six axis but I have also heard this from various news sites as well um, there was uh, okay so apparently it turns out that when you announce something as big as Bungie taking uh, Destiny from the Activision family. Um, you're supposed to tell your investors in good time that that's happening. Uh, unfortunately, apparently, Activision didn't. They they announced it, and the when you know when the shareholders knew when we did. Um, so yeah, two class action lawsuits, according to this article by uh, uh, Mr. Tough Cub um, or Mrs. Tough Cub. Yeah. Uh, from Six Axis, uh, yeah. So, uh, two class action lawsuits, and coupled with the fact that they are in, in under investigation for fraud, <laughs> as well. That's not in this article. Um, but my God, Activision. Um, I think you've ended up with the short straw. Probably. Yeah. I mean, you know. Couple, I mean, I'm not. I'm with... not entirely sure. I'm not entirely familiar with the Reno legal. Stuff, whether they have to or they don't have to announce, announce this kind of thing to the board beforehand or not. But I would assume so, yes, you do. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's usually if there's anything that could end up in a massive change for stock, because this would be considered in this point of a, um, uh, like a, a stock warning. Unless when the, when the two studios kind of combine it, they kind of sign under a statement like, after let's say six years, you are free to go. In that mm. case, they don't have to. Well, no, yeah, because that was part of the thing. But this apparently, this this stuff with Bungie was a couple of months in the making, and yet we didn't know until last week, yeah, week before something like that. So yeah, that's that's sort of the 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 issue. So uh, yeah, Activision now facing lawsuits. Uh, lawsuits, investigations, and the fact that Blizzard might be looking to seem better as well. But um, they're a little bit too intertwined with Activision Blizzard. So that was a, that was a quick Activision news, and their uh, their counter has just dropped to zero. Uh, Bethesda's is still going strong, but uh, yeah, let's 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 now move on to odd news. A uh, very very odd bit of news. So we know the we know the esports scene. Yeah, you know, we do. League of Legends, Counter Strike, Smite, as I'm seeing on an advert just next to this piece by Eurogamer. Heroes uh, of the you know, Storm. Wow. Oh no, sorry, scrap that one. No, not not Heroes of the Storm. That's been shuttered effectively. Overwatch. There we go. That works. Uh, farming Simulator. Where what? <laughs> yep. Uh, far- farming Simulator. Yeah. Uh, is yeah. now starting its. Again, what? Own <laughs> Yep, yep, the video game series Family Simulator does have a following and it's going to unveil its own official esports league. <laughs> sorry, and so, sorry, it's the only thing which I can do at this moment is just laugh, sorry. Yep. It has a two it has two hundred and fifty thousand euros in prizes. That's, that's equivalent to according to this year. Yep. That's uh, according to this Eurogamer article, that's uh, that's worth Two hundred and seventeen thousand six hundred and forty Great British pounds until Brexit, um, but but yeah. So there's there's ten teams. But my God, this report, Emma Kent, you are a star. My God, how many farming puns can you get into into this? Uh, total of ten team, uh, teams, cream of the crop. 
they talked about the prize pool. That's Fields of Gold. Um, last year, Giant Software planted the seeds by staging a farming simulator championship to test the waters. Um, oh, wow. Favoured game mode for Season 1 was hay bale stacking. You have a race to to correct, you know, to put on a set of hay bales using this farming server. I feel I now think that we should just pick this up just for a <laughs> just for a play session at one point. Just just the idea of 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 racing each other to stack hay bales. Maybe we could get into this. Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, the, uh, the idea. But yeah, can you, you imagine? Know. Can can you imagine the question and the answer? What would you do with this reward? Um. I think I will buy a new combine to crop the real crops. <laughs> when you, you, you want to go all West Country then, you know, I buy me a combine harvester now. Um, you know, I go and uh, go and tend to the sheep. Right, right, Janice, <laughs> get the harvester. You know, and then then the, the the accent falls apart. But hey, you know what? Anything can be an esport at that point. I expect to see competitive e darts by the end of the year. You know. You know, the oh. Yakuza Esports League. There we go. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. It's not just about playing Virtual Fighter. So, you know, go to Evo. It's not just playing Virtual Fighter, but it's playing Yakuza's version of Virtual Fighter. Try that. But, um, yeah. But the, the end, at uh, the end of this reaction, though, she keeps going. Emma, you, you keep going. There's, there's always something strangely fascinating about the concept. Similar to when you find yourself watching dressage or curling when the Olympics is on. Curling is awesome, for a start. But, um, you know, the fact that she says it's a little off the beaten tractor. Uh, it remains to be seen. Wita, the farming simulator eSports League. Oh, my God. i got to stop. I, I, as a, as a pun connoisseur, a punisseur, as you will, this article, um, you know, fills my need. So that's, uh, that's great. But, yeah, farming simulator eSports. You know what? I feel that idea that we we're probably going to do with League of Legends. I think we should do it with farming simulator instead. The first... You know, if we go for Immaterial Gamers, his first fantasy farming league. Yeah, let's do it. Oh, let's get that, get those ideas down. I'll, uh, you know, I'll get to you, get back to you on them. So, so that's the main sort of news at the end. And the last one is 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 what Duncan um, has shared with us uh, from Kotaku. It's more of a, an in-depth story than news. But just remember, when you think that you're always good at games, and you do your challenges of of speedrunning and Oh, can I complete Dark Souls without swinging a sword? Spare a thought for Stefan. Not our Stefan. Why not? Let's pretend it's no, well, our Stefan. No, no, we could pretend it's our Stefan, but it's not. It's another Stefan. Actually, you know what? Spare a thought for our Stefan. He's working today while we're recording. And not mm. here talking about something like this. But yeah, uh, a YouTuber called Stefan, whose who's, uh, whole thing is to play Mario games Since and give himself... Yeah, and yeah, and give himself challenges like can I complete Mario 64 without jumping? Da, 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 da. Uh, you know, could I could I play? You know, can I go through New Super Luigi U without collecting a single coin? Yes, you can. Turns out, yeah, it turns out yes, he can. Um, you know, and and other stuff. So this this guy, I've been mean, looking at the article. Yeah, it's great. Like completing Mario 3D World while always crouching. He's managed to upload an impossible level in Mario Maker, according to this this article by uh, by Zach Zweizen. Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah, that's how that is. You um, you seriously have to love the game if you if you're yeah. thinking about to do something like that because it's just the amount yeah, of time you have to put into it is is just ridiculous. Yeah, it's just. It's just great, and I'm just I'm just seeing I just keep seeing the gif of him going through the level. Yeah, the, I, 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 I keep looking at it as well. Yeah, it's like I couldn't solve this this level as normal Luigi. However, if I got the the mini mushroom, then I could go through these things. My God, it's just, it's just mental. But yeah, you know, keep on, Stefan. Keep on going on, please. I want you to find a way of completing. You know. I want to go and play Super Mario's Odyssey now without getting a hat. If we can do that, that'd be great. Probably he's doing it already. Yeah, yeah. Soldier on, Stefan. Soldier on. So, uh, yeah. That brings a close to the news. The news! And 
up to the wrapping up of this podcast, which is uh, which is coming in a nice fifty-five-ish minutes by the time I edit it. So that'll be that'll be all good. Um, so yeah, I would suggest if you did like what you heard this week, uh, please do the likey, sharey, subscriber thing with the bell. Um, subscribe. And, you know, follow. Yeah, follow us on the social medias. They're they're all in the links below the YouTube video and also on the links of the. Uh, the Apple podcast as well which we're also there and it's an RSS feed as well so you can listen to everything that's uploaded um, yeah and and then keep an eye out for the other Immaterial Gamers videos as well, we do have the series we have we have myself in uh, role playing Not Immer Games uh, playing RPGs, currently still playing through Resonance of Fate I will eventually get there, I'm a third of the way through, 15 episodes uh, come Monday and I'll be I'll be a third of the way through the damn game, so that's that's one. Um, we've got the general's war table with Stephen playing more strategy games, and uh, once he's fixed his dead computer, uh, XCOM Two will be on there. Yeah. Um, and you can find you can find people like Darius and Stefan and 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 D and Duncan and other people, and maybe not even me, uh, in play session, where we just play weird multiplayer party games every now and again, and possibly we'll play bigger games. I have to um, say that I'm looking forward to another Mysterium session. Oh yeah, we'll have to get another Mysterium session going. Yeah, yeah, we've currently got we've currently played a set of Mysterium games, a set of Move or Die games. Uh, the last episode of the current session of Mysterium uh, will be on next. Uh, will be on on Friday, no Saturday. Um, but yeah, there's, there's other stuff that we're that we're looking at. Um, particularly, I'm thinking of doing a. Another set of videos involving playing roguelike games with limited lives and seeing how far I can get through them, but uh, that's that's uh, that's a concept that may get done next week. Yay! That's always something. So uh, so yeah, there's always stuff that we're looking that we're looking to do, um, and yeah, you know, if you find us and you see us and you like us, please speak to us. We want to you know we'd, have a bit of fun. We definitely you know, not bite. Yeah, I don't bite. Now, Stefan, no, he doesn't bite you. He's fine. He's harmless. Um, he can yeah, just sw- so, swallow you in the hall. Yeah. Yeah, just, just Kirby style. Just. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then suddenly he'll gain your powers. So I hope you hope, hope you do a good job. Um, All right, guys. So I think yeah. that's good yeah. time to say goodbye to you. Yeah. And yeah, so, so goodbye. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you very much, Darius, for being on this week. Player. And uh yeah. Have a good one. Don't kill each other. See you. Bye bye.